Welcome to the Void Podcast. This podcast is produced by Void Podcast LLC and presented by Sean McKnight and Jenny Miller. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website, www.void-podcast.com. On our website, check out our Patreon account, where you can find bonus episodes, Void merchandise, and other content like cast interviews and more. Please be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. We hope you enjoy this episode of Void. In the season two finale of Void, friction arose between the ship's captain, Regina Rex, and security officer, Cerebella Rayon. Nova Bayflower started coming into her own, taking on the role of being captain, as well as co-pilot. Hanko Lumen plotted how he was going to incorporate the crew as his workers, in addition to clashing with Jonas Aldrich. And Max Huxley urged Ursula Nash to keep an eye on things and report back to him as she struggles with her brother's death. Welcome to the season three premiere of Void. I know, you don't have to yell about it. Okay, I get it. Gotta break in the noob. (laughs) Uh, Something like that. Okay, Rookie, review the steps we discussed. First, the engines and the boosters have to be primed. Second, auxiliary power is started. Third, hydraulic system and pressure is checked. Fourth, the main fuel valve heaters are... Slow down. You missed something. Uh, Okay, wait. The APOs have to be powered up first. Bingo. And then? After the APOs are powered up, the main fuel valve heaters are shut off. Then the launch sequencer is switched to auto with the computer. Main engines are started, followed by the boosters, bracers are released, followed by the countdown. Not bad. You're a quick learner. (laughs) Thanks, Captain. Okay, how long until we reach the moon? Well, we're traveling at about 0.5 G, so roughly eight hours. What are we doing when we get there? I'm going to let Gideon fill everyone in on the details. Speaking of which... Hey Gideon, the crew need a briefing about our arrival on the moon. Yes, of course, Captain. I'll prepare accordingly. Astrid, record science log Titan Project. Affirmative. Recording science log Titan Project. In three, two, one. Anko Lumen, Titan Project, Science Log 6. We just set out from the station a short time ago. Our first destination, much to my protest, will be the moon for what will be no doubt some fruitless waste of everyone's time. I need to get them all to realize how important my work is, and how our first priority should be to get to Titan. Unfortunately, the brain trust of Aldridge and the Bayflower Woman are in charge, and we have to proceed according to their orders. I will argue my point to whomever I can, whenever I can, to sway their opinions in my favor. Dealing with this level of intellectual inferiority is frustrating to say the least. Astrid, pause log. Science log paused. Astrid, access ship records and report which crew member has the highest IQ. Processing of crew intelligence commencing. 
Ursula Nash qualifies as the crew member with the highest intelligent quotient value of 158. Impossible. Astrid, recheck the records and make sure the results you produced are correct. Confirmation scan complete. Ursula Nash qualifies as the crew member with the highest intelligence quotient value of 158. I assure you, my results are accurate. Ridiculous. Astrid, who qualifies with second highest IQ? Gilbin Tricky qualifies as the crew member with the second highest intelligence quotient with a value of 153. You've got to be joking. Astrid, am I third at least? Confirmed. Enko Lumen qualifies as the crew member with the third highest intelligence quotient value of 150. Astrid, what is the IQ status of Jonas Aldridge? Jonas Aldridge qualifies as the crew member with the fourth highest intelligence quotient with a value of 145. Astrid, resume science log 6. Affirmative. Resuming science log Titan project in 3, 2, 1. We have set forth and are speeding ahead to our first destination. I wasn't aware the crew consisted of a spiritual zealot. It should be enjoyable to philosophically eviscerate this Gideon judge when we gather for crew meals. I can't believe the captain tolerates this person's presence on the ship. I'm disappointed to that end. I'll have to have a discussion with her. I briefly met our security officer, Cerebella Rion. I suppose she's fine. I leave those with less cerebral capacity to handle things of a brute force nature. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting our engineer, Gilbin Tricky, but I look forward to our conversations. Our ship's medical officer, Ursula Nash, seemed very nice and professional, although I did notice her nervousness, which doesn't inspire confidence. I'm afraid her fancy little medical degrees didn't prepare her for leaving the comforts of her life for the uncertainty of the void. We'll see if she can take it, or if she cracks. I'll begin preparations with the equipment once we leave the moon. Astrid, end log. Oh, hi. Y you must be Miss Rayon. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Dr. Jonas Aldridge. Nice to meet you, Captain Aldridge. And Sarabella's is fine. Oh, oh, oh wow. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Uh, you can just call me Jonas. Uh, Captain Rex wouldn't care for that. Okay, well, how about you just call me Jonas when she's not around? That's fair. Thanks, Jonas. Hey, can you direct me to where I can grab something to drink? Right there on the wall to your left. Pull the lever. Thanks. I have no idea how to find anything yet. You'll get used to it. I take it you have experience in space? Yes, some. Um, not really deep space, though. I've only done shorter runs. May I ask you something strange? Sure. Why do we need security? We're not the only humans in space. I don't understand. You mean there are humans living out there somewhere? Sort of. Some are out exploring, some live on a satellite or moon station, and then there are those that raid other ships for profit. No, pirates. They'll attack a ship, kill everyone on board, and either take the ship or pillage and destroy it. To what end? Survival, mostly. 
there are the occasional space stations out there, but unless you have the ability to synthesize your own water and food supplies, there aren't a lot of resources around. I had no idea this kind of thing was even possible. <laughs> I guess people in the colony didn't get out much. <laughs> no, we, we, we didn't. It's pretty much permanent underground quarantine there. The residents have no clue what's going on with the station or beyond it. The people you find out here mostly have started at the station, but then broke out on their own. Unless they're bred in space. Some people have grown up living on ships their entire lives. Those must be some very interesting people. Eh, That's one word for them. (laughs) You run into some pretty intense individuals now and then. That makes me glad you're around, Cerebella. Nova said you get the job done. Thanks, but I need help sometimes, too, so you'll be getting some combat training. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. If there's more than one threat, I can't necessarily handle them all myself. We have to be prepared for anything as a crew. I, I see. Who goes through the training? Whoever is willing and able. It's kind of up to the discretion of the captains. Okay, well, uh, sign me up. I hope you don't mind getting your ass kicked. <laughs> no problem there. That's been happening to me ever since I left Earth anyway. What the hell are you doing back here? Not that it's any of your business, but I'm meditating in preparation for my crew briefing. Uh, well, if it happens down here, it is my business, Gideon, right? Then why are you meditating here? The rhythmic sound of the machines is lovely. It's almost like the running stream generator we use in the temple. I can get quite lost in the droning of the engines. I connect with the ship that way too. Connecting with the ship? <laughs> oh, Gideon, I never knew. It's like, it's sort of like, you know, it sounds to me like you want to have sex with it. And that's fine, you know, I don't judge. Don't be crass. I give everything that's part of these missions my blessing. Especially the vessel which carries us along our journey. Right, right, right. Well, it, it sounds all, all sounds very spiritual and, and, and upfront and not sexual at all, right? Will you just stay out of my way, please, Gideon? I have actual work to do on the machines directly. I don't have the luxury of uh, meditating all over them. I believe it was you who interrupted me. I was in a state of bliss prior to your oafish arrival. Oafish, is it? (laughs) Sorry, but your bliss is going to have to wait. I've got stabilizers that need to be reinforced. It's going to get loud down here. Very well. I was nearly done. I'm sure my devotions are sufficiently recognized by the ship. Right, nearly done. Devotions and such. Okay, well, I'm sure they are. Will you be attending the briefing? Am I needed for the away team? I don't think so. This visit should be over relatively quickly. Then no. I'll be working here instead. Shame. I give a riveting speech, as I'm sure you know. That's right, you do give riveting speeches. Let me, you know, I'm going to reconsider for just a little bit of a while. No, no. Somehow I'll get over it, Gideon. Thank you. Off you go now. This really, really hurts, okay? Astrid. Create. Start. Start number, uh, no. Not a letter. More like a group of letters uh, that I won't ever get to 
to send. Okay, Astrid. Create an epistle dedicated to my brother Phineas. Phineas Nash. Conflict detected. Phineas Nash is deceased. The epistle will not be deliverable to him. I know, I know. Astrid, override. Override conflict and follow the last instruction. Affirmative. Epistle created dedicated to Phineas Nash. Astrid, compose letter one for the Nash epistle. Composing letter one, Nash epistle, in three, two, one. I don't know what to say. I thought I was ready. But I've had time to settle in since we left and finally had a moment to think. And all I can think about is you. Twin. Gone. That one source I've had as an anchor. My whole life is no longer in place. You were always there for me. No matter what, it was always me and you. And now I'm in space. I'm here with others I've barely spoken to, or not at all. I am getting closer to Jonas. It's been... it's been good. It's helping, and he's been very supportive. But I... I, I don't want it to be a crutch. I don't know why I'm even composing this. I guess... I guess I just needed to talk to you. Somehow. Or at least... I guess I just needed to talk to you somehow. Somehow. Or at least feel like I could. Like I could still talk to you. I might keep doing this. Oh, it was kind of cathartic. Maybe someday I won't need to. Won't need to compose letters I can't send. But for now, it'll have to do. All crew report to the bridge for a mission briefing. Welcome to our first briefing. A few words about procedure. I'm the captain of this ship. If it's ship-related, I'll be making the decisions. In terms of our missions, that would be in the charge of Captains Bayflower and Aldrich. You will refer to them as captain in my presence and treat them with the same level of respect you show me. If it's mission-related, there is a mission lead for the contract that will act as representative. However, for the overall plans and the mission order we follow, that will be up to Bayflower and Aldridge. So if you have a gripe about something related to your contract, don't bring it to me. Understood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our next order of business is about training. Some of you will be required to attend combat and defensive training with our security officer, Cerebella Rayon. You'll find the schedule and who is required to attend on your communicators. Everyone does their part on my ship. You'll be assigned certain duties, which will also be listed on your communicators. Doing your part includes keeping yourself in shape, both physically and mentally. 
By now, everyone should have figured out an exercise routine. Stick to it and be strict about it. I can't have any candy asses with soft muscles laying around. <laughs> for your mental health, our ship's spiritual advisor will be offering his services for anyone who needs to talk or if you're struggling with something emotionally. He is also the contract lead on our first mission. I turn over the floor to Gideon Judge. Thank you, Captain Rex. The first contract of our journey is mine to present. Our mission leads us to the moon, more specifically, the dark side of the moon. Once there, we'll be visiting a breeder outpost. What the hell is a breeder outpost? Surely you had breeders on the colony. Yes, it's disgusting. I'm sure. This outpost was founded by the man who started the movement in the colony. Who is he? His name is Dr. Judas Salazar. I know that name. Council C. Harris spoke of him very bitterly. He called him a, a radical and said his methods were too extreme and had no place in the colony. If he was too extreme for the council, I can't even imagine what this guy is capable of. He left the colony for the station and began to expand his knowledge and pitch his ideas to colleagues he'd made friends with. Some became intrigued by his concepts and decided to work with him. The station's ideals didn't exactly line up with their approach, so they decided to create an outpost that wasn't far, but was just far enough to not be watched. They serviced many residents of the station, but in a more black market kind of way. They also have other clients throughout the galaxy. What is it that they're selling? Children. They grow them as babies, mostly in incubation chambers. Although they do have women devoted to their cause, that serve as a natural form of birthing the children. They call those babies pure births and sell them at a higher price. Are you kidding me? That's barbaric. They sell them for what? Whatever the client wants. Servitude, sex, food, fuel, whatever. Food? And what the hell do you mean by fuel? Electricity. Human batteries, basically. Human body can provide a lot of power. This is sick. How can they do that? Operating on the moon, they're out of any kind of jurisdiction. So I guess we're going there to what? Confront them on their misdeeds. Doesn't that make us, what, like, the Space Force? No, no. We're not trying to act like the station's authorities. We'll be there for the sake of justice and for them to answer for what they've done. Answer how? Leave that to me. I'll do the talking. I will need the away team there as my support. You are to be seen and not heard. Do you expect any kind of resistance? No, they don't really have much for security there. They tend to be ignored by pirates. Who is on the official away team? Not to worry, Dr. Lumen. We won't need you for this one. Very well. I'll be leaving now. The away team will consist of myself... Captain Bayflower, Captain Aldridge, Cerebella Rion, and Ursula Nash. Five of us? Is that enough? I don't want to alarm them with a big party of people. I've sent the other details to your communicators. Security Officer Rion will provide you with weapons, and I will conduct a blessing ceremony once we arrive. Weapons? Did you say weapons? Don't worry, Ursula. It's a stun gun. I'll show you how to use it. It's easy. Our cause is righteous, everyone. Trust me. 
I relinquish the floor once again to our esteemed Captain Rex. Thank you, Gideon. You heard the man. Get prepped, people. Our next stop will be the moon. This episode of Void featured the voice talents of Lynn Chia as Cerebella Rayon, Ella Demby as Astrid, Karen Johnston as Ursula Nash, Frank Jucknowitz as the narrator, Sean McKnight as Jonas Aldridge, Jenny Miller as Nova Bayflower, Simon Uluhojin as Anko Lumen, Eric Martin Reed as Gilbin Tricky, Amy Teresa as Regina Rex, and Guy Wellman as Gideon Judge. The Void theme song, Equilibrium in Turbulence, was composed and produced by David Parsons from Avid Wolf Music. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at void-podcast.com.